Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go blue and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On our visitor segment today, our guest will be senior Buckeye beat writer Tim May from the Columbus Dispatch. As always, though, let's get started with my view from Section 17. If you're like me, you'd like to get through Thanksgiving Day, give thanks, of course, then hope that Black Friday flies by and we can get to what we've all been waiting for, the game. Without giving my age away, let me just say I've been watching this rivalry since the 1960s. The 10-year war with Bo and Woody will always hold a special place in my heart because it happened in my youth. After Bo left, Mo and Lloyd both did their part in being competitive with and beating Ohio State. The last 14 years have not been good to us in this series. You know the record. We've heard it all week, we hear it all the time. In the last decade, I've said to myself so often after an Ohio State loss, it's okay, we'll turn it around next year. It hasn't happened. We've been in close games, We've been blown out, and we've had to listen to Ohio State fans, media, and others ridicule Michigan football and talk about how it used to be and how Michigan versus Ohio State was something back in the day. I think you get my drift. I'm tired of losing to these guys and would enjoy nothing more than sticking it to them in their house. From talking to fans this week, it seems like we're in two very distinct camps. Some of our fans are very confident and sure we're going to blow Ohio State out or at least beat them. Others, although they feel good about our chances, are nervous because the game is down there and you never know what can happen on the road. I think I'm sort of in another camp, an alternate universe, a different state of mind when it comes to Saturday. I don't care where the game is played. I don't give a hoot what's happened over the last 14 years. The only way to end this so-called drought, if that's what you want to call it, is to go out there on Saturday and take it to these guys. Empty the tank. Do anything we have to. Just beat Ohio State. I just wish it was Saturday already. By the way, I don't doubt this team. It's not perfect, but it is resolute. And I think when the sun sets in Columbus on Saturday evening, it will have amazing blue tint. Tim May is not so sure about that. He thinks Dwayne Haskins is the best passer he's seen in his 35 years as the beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch. He says the Buckeye defense is what it is, and if they are going to win Saturday, the game will have to be a shootout. 
That means Dwayne Haskins will have to tear it up and make big plays against the Michigan secondary, the best pass defense in America. We shall see. He joins us next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. with us again this year on our visitors segment is Tim May from the Columbus Dispatch to talk about the game. Good to have you back with us, Tim. Glad to be here, Mike. We know how big the game is every year, but let's, uh, before we talk about the game itself, Tim, let's uh, talk about Ohio State. We're so busy during the season keeping a track of Michigan, we don't get to see a lot of Ohio State, bits and pieces, but I did sit and watch the entire Maryland game on Saturday before the Michigan game. And I have to say, I can't remember the last time I've seen a team move the ball against Ohio State like that. What is up with the defense? Oh, you, you're right. You haven't watched very many Ohio State games this year then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Purdue uh, obviously had yeah. some success, especially late in the game. And, um, you know, been quite a few teams. I mean, Oregon State even had a guy go for 80 and 78 yards on them, you know, for touchdowns. Oregon State scored 31. Of course, Ohio State scored 77. So, uh you know, just from the jump, uh, that was a season opener. You kind of got the idea that this was a high state team that probably was going to have to outscore some people to uh, get to where it wants to, you know, it wants to go, which is the college football playoff, you know, Big Ten championship and possibly college football playoff berth. And uh, that's what it's developed into. This is not, has not become a great defense. Uh, a few times it's been a good defense. Uh, most of the time, it's been an adequate defense, and then of course uh, against Purdue and 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 then Saturday against uh, Maryland, it was a poor defense. And so, but Ohio State's been able to to overcome all of those except one uh, because of the play of Dwayne Haskins Jr. and the offense. I mean, Dwayne Haskins Jr. is the uh, is the best passing quarterback I've ever covered at Ohio State, and I've I've been covering Ohio State since 1984, and then past that i mean you know on saturday he became uh he became the season uh, passing yardage and season touchdown uh thrown records holder for for ohio state and and obviously can add to that on saturday and and beyond in the wherever the postseason takes ohio state so it became the buckeyes became that kind of team and the biggest development from saturday by the way despite you know including ohio state winning 52 to 51 and not mm-hmm. taking the lead until scoring a touchdown in overtime is the fact that Dwayne Haskins Jr. asserted himself as a runner again, and he hadn't been doing that all year. So that's just some uh, grist for the mill for the uh, for the for Don Brown and the Michigan defense. Well, I know he picked up three touchdowns um, on the ground on Saturday, but you're right. He is. Uh, I can't remember when I've seen a better throwing quarterback at Ohio State. But the thing is. He has had to air it out this year. How many weeks ago was it he threw 72 times, which blew my mind? Well, that was the thing. He set the school record for a game, for a single game of, I think it was 42 completions on 63 attempts, uh, or 73 attempts, whatever it was, 
uh, and also for a, a school record yardage, and I can't remember the number, that came in the losing effort at Purdue, 49-20. to 20. <laughs> Purdue, Purdue kind of got things going downhill and then kept it going in the fourth quarter in that game. It was actually a – but, yeah, bottom line is he's he's capable of doing that. They call on it. And, you know, and there's no – there's no pride lost in how you win the game as long as you win the game. And, you know, you remember, you know, if you remember correctly, uh, when he entered the game at Michigan last year, the Buckeyes were trailing. They weren't ahead, you know, when uh, JT Berry got hurt and he promptly hit a big pass to Austin Mack. I'm talking about uh, Dwayne Askins Jr. did and then made a big run on the drive that uh, reasserted Ohio State in that game. And Ohio State then won its, what, six straight over the, uh, over the Michigan Wolverines. Well, Tim, Saturday it's going to be a top 10 matchup. Uh, as we all know, I see the uh, the point spread this morning is four points. Uh, Big Ten East is on the line. Playoff implications, uh, taking everything into consideration, and it's the game. really doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, as I, as I wrote in my OSU Insider this morning, uh, you can read it, uh, or wrote in my OSU Insider this week, you can read it at uh, dispatch.com. Is, you know, it's kind of a flashback to yesteryear with everything on the line. Everything that is in the Big Ten East. <laughs> That's what's different <laughs> yeah. from Bo and Woody in those days. I mean, but yeah, this is a clash of the Titans of the Big Ten. And, you know, and, and when I meant flashback to yesteryear, I think most people uh, do agree that uh, Ohio State and Michigan are the class of the Big Ten again. And that's kind of what you anticipated when Jim Harbaugh was named the head coach four years ago for Michigan. But. <clears throat> It's funny, I was on a TV show with Shimmy Schimbecker this week mm-hmm. uh, previewing the game, and uh, and he was talking about how there's really there's more pressure on Urban Meyer than there's on Jim Harbaugh, and I looked at him uh, with my mouth open, agape, you know, aghast. At, you know, how could a guy who's lost his first three games in, in the series, in the NB game, uh, not have, <laughs> and with what's riding on it from Michigan, maybe more so than Ohio State. Ohio State, you know, not only – needs to beat Michigan but win the Big Ten Championship and keep its fingers crossed to get a shot in the college football playoff uh, berth, uh, whereas Michigan, you got to figure if Michigan wins out, it's in the college football playoff. I mean, there's a lot on the line Saturday for Michigan. Well, I, I agree with that, no question about it. As far as the matchups go on Saturday, when Ohio State has the ball, they attack the, the middle of the field routinely with those pick-and-rub plays extremely well. Indiana had quite a bit of success doing that on Saturday against Michigan. You've got to think Ohio State mm-hmm. took notice of that, and they're going to come right after the middle of Michigan, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'm always curious about what you, you, you anticipate a game plan, and it doesn't work out that way. You know, I mean, uh, I just remember in 2015 when Ohio State got beat by Michigan State, and Ezekiel Elliott only had 12 carries in the game, and you're just going, what, what, you know? And, uh, and of course, Ohio State got beat, but then they came back and beat Michigan, and and the funny thing about that Michigan game was in the second half, Ohio State did to Michigan what you thought Jim Harbaugh want, you know used to do at Stanford and uh, wanted to wanted to establish it in Michigan, which they lined up and ran it down Michigan's throat, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's when you that's when you really punish a team and dig at its psyche is when you can line up and do that. I mean. Who knows which you know which way Ohio State's going to go? As I was pointing out uh, earlier this you know this week, uh, Ohio, you know Michigan finally has, and there's no slam on the other guys. I thought Wilton State was a was a good guy, but Michigan finally has a what a, a playmaker and quarterback under Jim Harbaugh. I mean Shea Patterson, he's the best quarterback he's had in my opinion of just being a gamer, getting things done. Last year, of course, was not the case when Ohio State played Michigan, and so that gives you 
you know, that gives you that added dimension uh, that I didn't think they had the last several years against Ohio State. Uh, whereas Ohio State's got the best passer it's ever had, in my opinion. And uh, so that's why it could it could be like uh, 2006 again, just a good old-fashioned shootout. You're right, it might be. But that is uh, the, one of the fascinating aspects uh, to this game. And as you said, game plans are game plans, and we'll see what happens when they kick off. But what a matchup, that passing game, Haskins against that Michigan defense. That just uh, is going yes. fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, and then, uh, but Michigan, you know, I think uh, – I don't, we may not know until uh, until game time whether uh, Chase Winovich, you know, I yeah. think can play. Most most people think he probably won't, even though their X-rays were negative. I mean, mm-hmm. he can still have soft tissue damage that could keep him from playing. I mean, that, that's a shame. Uh, and but then Rashawn Gary, you know, he's, he's I've been intrigued with him for like five years since Ohio State was recruiting him, and obviously, you know, I think he had a shoulder injury I think earlier in the year that kept him out several games, and he doesn't seem quite to be to be quite the same player uh, that he was before the injury. Uh, But, you know, him going against maybe Isaiah Prince, Ohio State's uh, sometimes troubled right tackle. I mean, those are just little matchups within the matchup. You know, we, you always, you know, anybody is prone to like, just look at the quarterbacks, Patterson versus uh, Haskins and not look at the the little matchups within the matchups that really make the difference. And, so those are some things to keep your eye on. No, absolutely. And as you as you mentioned, uh, no knock against uh, Wilton Spade, who was a, a good quarterback. Shea Patterson, uh, you know, he was brought to Michigan to make a difference in big games. And in November, there's no question about it. But he gives Ohio State something to think about that they haven't had to as far as diversity in quite a few years against Michigan. Yeah, that's, that's the point I'm making. I mean, he can turn a bad play into a good play, you know, I mean, uh, with his feet. And uh, he also can turn a bad play into a good play by scrambling and throwing the ball downfield. You know, and that brings into play Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of guys uh, to keep. You know, that, that that can make a difference. But the, but but having that gunslinger at quarterback, you know, the guy that, like I said, can take a bad play and turn it into a good play. That that's often the difference maker in big time matchups when you go off script. And um, because you know these teams are going to have each other scouted. You know <laughs> what they like to do. Uh, they're going to have that down pat. It's what it's it's getting those uh, plays that go against the scheme, that go against the script, that usually make the difference. The quote unquote big plays. No, absolutely. One of the things that I'm also interested in is we know what Haskins can do, and we've seen how many times he's thrown the ball this year. But I would think this Saturday, Ohio State has got to help him by finding a way to get. Uh, uh, Dobbins uh, and Weber some carries and get some kind of an efficient running game going too to take the pressure off him. They think the last couple of weeks they found they found a little bit of confidence in their running game. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins ran for a career high 203 yards in the win at uh, Maryland, and uh, that was they had a really good balance in that game, and it got overshadowed by the fact the final score was 52 to 51, <laughs> and the fact that Ohio State you know definitely had to launch it in the. Uh, in the in the second half of the fourth quarter, especially with those, I mean, they they had three or four just dramatic drives just to stay in the game. They trailed by 14 points three times in that game, and uh, found a way to win. And uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, they they feel like because of the previous week against uh, Michigan State, Mike Weber broke 100 yards in that game. Mike Weber, Michigan native, you know, Detroit native, mm-hmm. and uh, he couldn't play last week because of quadriceps bruise. I mean, he was ready. He had to play, probably could have, but they opted to keep him out. Uh, he should be ready to go this week. And so they've got two 
they've got two, uh, you know, a one-two punch at running back uh, that they think, you know, are both capable. And in in that Michigan State game, you know, it was cold and it snowed that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wind was blowing, and in the fourth quarter, they lined up and ran the ball. Uh, against the number one rush defense in the country, Michigan State, and like I said, you know, they were Michigan State was averaging seventy one point seven yards, I think, uh, relinquished against the run going into that game. And Mike Weber himself had one hundred and four yards rushing. So um, they feel like they have something they go to there. And it's really ironic. I mean, the, when you look at this matchup, because one of the other secret weapons, if for one of a or maybe uh, <clears throat> information secrets that uh, Michigan has, is that it's. Uh, Offensive line coach Ed Warner, as you know, was the offensive line coach at Ohio State way back when, well, a few years ago, but uh, when Ohio State won a national championship in 2014, he was the offensive coordinator when they went up there and ran it down Michigan's throat in 2015. And uh, then things kind of went sour there, for, I guess, with him and Urban Meyer. But, uh, you know, definitely he wants he wants to get a win in this game. One of the big differences is the play of the Michigan offensive line uh, this year, as the year has developed from that Notre Dame game to now, that's a that's a crisp-looking unit. No argument there. There's been great progress. And Ed Warner, of course, as you mentioned, great coach, has to get a lot of that credit. So um, we'll see. I, I'm sure he does want to get that W down in the shoe. Well, Tim, the winner uh, yeah. of the game faces Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game. And I think Northwestern's a tough team, no matter what maybe a lot of outsiders say. you got to beat those guys. They're tough. You know, them dropping their, what, all three of their – all three of their pre-conference games yeah, or yeah, non-conference yeah. games just put a taint on them that people can't get past. But obviously, <laughs> they played Michigan as tough as anybody, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. And uh, and and you know this and that shows you that's the idea that Michigan's invincible is uh, you know a little bit off whack, you know. But uh, but the but the bottom line is, yeah, Northwestern will be a tough out. You can count on that in the championship game for whoever plays them. The winner, of course, again is going to get. Northwestern in that game. If uh, Michigan wins out, you would think we are going to get into the playoffs. If Ohio State wins out, though, do you think they automatically get in? I know you mentioned they have to keep their fingers crossed. Is that Purdue game what could bite them in the butt in the end? Oh, yeah, just like the Iowa game a year ago. I mean, uh, it's not that you got beat. It's by how how, mm-hmm. how, how bad it was. And uh, the committee couldn't get past that. And Ohio State finished fifth behind Alabama, which uh, you know, Ohio State and Alabama both had uh, – 10 wins against FBS opposition. Alabama, as you know, uh, had played um, always tough. I think they played always tough uh, Mercer, whoever it was, before they got beat by Auburn at the end of the regular season. Alabama didn't even play for the SEC championship. But, you know, they, and according to the committee, they passed the eye test and they got in, and then they justified it by winning it. But uh, that was a dramatic win against Georgia in the championship game. And, you know, and, uh, so you never know what the committee's going to be thinking. But if Ohio State is tenth again this week in the college football playoff rankings, or even ninth, you know that's that's a long way to go in two weeks. <laughs> you know, from from ninth, uh, that, that's a lot of dominoes that have to fall in front of you. Of course, if Ohio State beats Michigan, that'll be one of those dominoes. But uh, a lot of other ones have to fall, and the committee has to fall in love. With Ohio State, I mean, right now, Ohio State's ranked behind two-loss Louisiana State, which, by the way, I'd like to remind the committee scored zero points in its biggest game of the year against Alabama. Zero points. And so (laughs) I'm not sure what the allure is there because they're not going – Louisiana State's not going to make the college football playoff. So you kind of wonder what's up there. But uh, they are from the Southeastern Conference. Sometimes your lineage goes a long way. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough – 
it's going to be a tough road to hoe for Ohio State to get there. But, you know, as Urban Meyer, I'm sure, will say to anybody else, they're not worried about that right now. Well, final question for you, Tim. Um, games in the shoe, we know that. Huge advantage for Ohio State with that incredible crowd. Michigan seems to be the more complete team right now. But what does your gut tell you about this game uh, on Saturday? I covered the Buster Douglas-Mike Tyson fight way back in 1990 over in Tokyo. And at the, the, the morning of the fight, I wrote a story saying Buster Douglas is going to win this fight, and this is why. And uh, <clears throat> because it was under, it was not being taken seriously by Mike Tyson. You know, my bottom line mm-hmm. is he had a puncher's chance. You know, on top of everything else, well, I say he's got a passer's chance for one of another term. Uh, or to make the analogy, they've got the best passing quarterback in history at the school. They've got a fleet of receivers. One of them has stepped up in every game. You know, you don't just take away two receivers at Ohio State and you're you're okay. You've got to take away four, sometimes five, which causes uh, defense defensive pro, defenses problems. And uh, for the most part, Dwayne Eskins Jr., who's completing passes at about a 70% clip, he seems to find the open man more often than not and delivers the ball. Um, you know, I mean, even the interception on Saturday, probably it was just a great play by a guy to come over and tip a ball. He came off another man and tipped the ball, and it was intercepted and returned for a touchdown by Maryland. That was some of the hurdles Ohio State had to overcome in that game. Um, but that's why you know, Ohio State has a passer's chance in this game. And, you know, if, if you can just make some stops on defense, it changes everything from a – emotional standpoint and a momentum standpoint. And if Ohio State can get that done with its defense, we'll see. I mean, uh, I, that's, I, I expect it to be a hell of a game, though. I don't, a lot of people don't, but even the oddsmakers do. I mean, they've got Michigan favored, but only by four, you know, <laughs> not by 40. I don't put much faith in the oddsmakers. The players will decide this. Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, just to generate action. You know that that's just to generate some action. It's the game. The players on both sides will take care of that. We know it's going to be a, a humdinger, as our old announcer Bob Buford used to say. So we will see. Yep. Uh, the game, noon kickoff in uh, the shoe. Our guest today has been Tim May from the Columbus Dispatch, who's covered the Buckeyes for a long time. How many years, Tim? This is my 35th season. Well, there you and, uh basically, I'm retiring at the end of football season. So, uh, oh. you know, we'll see where that takes me. But, uh, but the bottom line, it has been a ride. I'm sure that it has, and uh, we've appreciated all the years, 10 in a row now, that we've uh, had you on the show. So uh, we wish you the best. Hopefully we can get you back on the show uh, at a later date. Hey, man, I always enjoyed my man. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, Chase Winovich has been monitored all week, and until the game kicks off on Saturday, we won't know if he's going to play. Other than that, we are as good as it gets for the final week of the season. If you can strap on your helmet for this one, you play. Here are some game day facts. We lead the series with 58 wins against 50 losses, and there have been six ties. The first game was a 34-0 Michigan win on October 16, 1897 in Ann Arbor. Last year, we hung in there until late in the fourth quarter, but fell 31-20. Urban Meyer is 83-9 in his seventh year as head man. In 17 years, his overall record is 187-32. Last season, they were 12-2 overall and Big Ten champions. 
They beat USC in the Cotton Bowl 24-7 and ended the season ranked number five in the country. The weatherman has said all week it's going to be a wet and windy day on Saturday in Columbus. As of Thursday, the forecast is for steady rain in the morning, with showers during the game, winds gusting from 10 to 20 miles per hour, with temps in the upper 40s. On next week's shows, we'll either be wrapping up the regular season or previewing the Big Ten championship game. I'm planning for a Northwestern rematch, so on Tuesday's game day show, my guest will be Nick Baumgartner from the Detroit Free Press. On Thursday's visitors segment, Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune will pay a visit for the second time this season. So this is it. There isn't anything more I can say about Saturday. I've said this all week, and it's how I'll close today, because I think it says it all for Michigan fans. It's time. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Think victory, beat Ohio State. Until next week, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!